So welcome to another episode of Tate's Take. Uh, in fact, the 21st, I think it is, yeah, 21st episode of Tate's Take where you will get nothing other than um, the, you know, most informational, most educational, best basketball content um, that you will find around. That's just what it is, Tate's Take. I want to make sure that I preface it all by saying this first and foremost to Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I'm going to consistently, constantly, persistently uh, pound that into the heads of the people who are um, fans of this show, but not exactly sure how they can kind of keep up with it. Um, be sure to follow along. We are on YouTube. Go in, uh, go to that search box, that little magnifying glass, hover over it. You'll find Tate's Take. Just type that in, T-A-T-E apostrophe S, T-A-K-E. And of course, that's where basketball lives, as you all know. Um, and just type it right on in and, and definitely hit the subscribe button. Also follow along anywhere you find your favorite podcast, that being Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Red Circle, the whole nine, anywhere that you find your favorite, uh, be sure to go ahead and do that. And I've got a couple of different things I'm going to throw around for you guys today. Some on the, on, on at the, uh, at the beginning, some at the tail end, where it's obviously going to be a ton of crap load of nothing but basketball. We've got some. College basketball, I guess Jonathan Kaminga uh, last week coming out and making his decision, choosing between Auburn, Texas Tech, Duke, Kentucky, and the G League. We'll talk a little bit about that. I guess that ties into our high school basketball portion. And then, of course, the pro basketball stuff, which is going to be tipping off in less than just 24 hours away with what I call exhibition, with what I call um preseason kind of but i guess that doesn't really make a ton of sense considering the fact that the season has already begun so it is officially the resumption and what will take place for the course over the next seven days starting tomorrow will be um scrimmages i guess air quotes of course is what we're calling it now but nonetheless um last but certainly not least want to let you guys know coming up at 7 15 and yes just six minutes a little behind here but we're going to make sure that we cram everything if there's even a such thing all of our basketball content into one 715 got my dude iron mike dyson if the name sounds familiar then that's for a good reason uh but wait until y'all see my boys my, my, my boys fro man i hope you don't try and hide it underneath that old english d hat so uh we'll check in with him he's gonna give you guys everything that you need to know everything that you need to expect in regards to uh the nba there's going to be tipping off and what you'll see over the course of the next uh, starting tomorrow, but obviously next Thursday uh, and all those special dates uh, on the 30th, which is the official date uh, for that. So with that being said, let's dive right on into and I got just I got so much stuff that I really want to cover here with you guys. I think one of the main things is that this is one of the reasons why I'm really excited to see what's going to take place. Uh, within the NBA and it resuming. And I want to get this out of the way first. This is one of the things I'm more excited about. And a lot of people probably won't understand why. Now, my cousin Keith, me and him, we have a nice little friendly bet going um, over uh, that started, at, I think, at the beginning of the season or very, very early into the beginning of the season where I told him, we'll make a $50 bet that the... Indiana Pacers will finish is it in the top four and I know he'd probably be the one saying looking at the podcast right now like no don't try and change the rules or uh or or the the uh, terms to the bet but I can't remember if he said top five I want to say um yeah I think you want to say top that they won't finish in the top five of the east however um I think it's I think it's going to be in the top four. So I said out of eight selections, the the Indiana Pacers will finish in the top four. And obviously, you got the Milwaukee Bucks in that conversation. You've also got, um, you know, the Toronto Raptors, who's done an outstanding streak so far. I think they finished the season all the way up until this point on like a fourteen or fifteen game win streak, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, and then you have the Boston Celtics is also right there, but Indiana's not too far behind. I'm not sure exactly if they can catch up mathematically. Nonetheless, uh, I do think that they certainly have a shot and not just a shot to just make it within the top four seed in the East, but also to make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals as somewhat of a dark horse. So as I make sure 
and all this is going to look really bad, but I got to make sure that my boy Iron Mike Dice got his way onto, um, got his way onto our show. And of course, this looks really bad from an optic standpoint, but y'all bear with me. We're going to make all this stuff happen because I know he got some really awesome, outstanding information for you guys that, you know, he he broke down to me a little bit of how this stuff is going to work with the NBA inside the bubble, outside the bubble. Some of the concerns that the NBA uh, maybe has had or more than anything, probably that he himself has with the NBA resuming. And so I think that a lot of that information is going to be something that uh, we can all kind of look forward to and keep our eyes and our ears open for so that we know exactly what's going on. Because as it seems, there really hasn't been like, a ton of like i know for a fact this is the way that things are going to go we don't know like i am one of the people that is of the assumption that there is going to be a startup for the nba obviously uh being next thursday but i don't think that we're going to finish the season i think there's going to be some test positive of course i'm not trying to wish that upon anybody because if you know me you know that i need basketball in my life probably more than anything else um but nonetheless yet still uh, I, I got a feeling that there's going to be some people breaking rules inside and outside of the bubble. And by the way, what I will say, uh, and, and, and I want to tease it by saying this, me and Shaquille O'Neal did agree on something. I'll tell you exactly what that is here in a second, but I'm just not really sure that it's going to work out. And the NBA is under a whole lot, like a crap load of pressure. Uh, because if things don't work out, I have a really good feeling that this is going to be something that spills over onto some of the other leagues in coming back. I'm not, I know baseball is kind of somewhat officially underway, but uh, whether college football or the, or the NFL is going to come back. And, and I really think that uh, the prime example of how this could actually work or not work is going to fall on the shoulders of the NBA, fortunately or unfortunately. So we'll go, we'll see exactly if it's a good idea. Um, but there just still still seems to be so much up in the air. And speaking of up in the air, what I teased to you in which I agree with Shaquille O'Neal on when he made the comment of this snitches get stitches, by the way, that Victor Oladipo thing in the event that he comes back and, and makes his return to the Indiana Pacers. I just want to make sure I say this full disclosure uh, in the event that he makes uh, a full return to the Indiana Pacers healthy. You got Malcolm Brogdon, you've got bigs, you've got experience, uh, depth, veteran leadership. And I think they can do it, especially this guy named, uh, um, I'm going to say Arvidas Sabonis. Of course, that's not his name, but uh, the younger Sabonis. Um, uh, I think they can obviously play some really big roles and in, in, in parts in the front court for what they need there in Indianapolis with his contribution and physicality, something similar to like a Steven Adams. But I agree with Shaq with saying that the, 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 the snitches get stitches. That's just kind of, I guess the term or the quote that I've always kind of come up and, and, and been around, I guess. Um, and just learning that that's the way that it goes as I grew up in my youth. And I say that as it regards to this, new violation protocol, I guess, what they have called, what I call the snitch line. I think they call it the tip line in the NBA, but I call it the snitch line. I'm not a big fan of it. I feel like that's kind of like babying some of the NBA players, which is essentially not what this league needs, especially right now. This is a big boys league. This is a grown man's league. You're getting paid big boy and grown men money. So the expectations are to, uh, for you to be held accountable. We have to start holding one another accountable for the decisions that we make because leaving outside of the bubble is not just affecting you, but it's also affecting your peers. And if these guys that are bare minimum, what, 18 years old, 19 years old, uh, all the way up to the oldest player in the league, I guess Vince Carter's not in the league anymore. He did, what, 22 years, uh, age 42. So I'm not sure who the oldest player in the league is anymore. Not, however, um you know, I like to think of it as these guys are still old enough, despite how old you are and knowing all the rules and the regulations of when you are leaving the bubble to um, to go elsewhere to either a not make that decision or make sure that because you are affecting other people, 
uh, that you are fully healthy and in position. I know that there's going to be some people who's not going to side with this. I know that there's been some conversations about who's the person that's doing the snitching, who's the person that's calling in on the tip line. I heard that uh, Chris Paul's name was one of those people that were brought up. I'm, I don't know how much truth there is to that. I'm not sure exactly what he gets out of that. Maybe, and, and I don't want to put myself in Chris Paul's shoes because I can't imagine that, uh, you know, you if you don't have that snitching bone in your body, then I can't imagine exactly why you would go and do like, I don't know how this benefits him. But if I had to think of just one reason behind why somebody like a Chris Paul, and this is just hypothetically speaking, because I don't know if really he is at fault for this, but I heard, I hear that he's the accuser uh, for calling in on those snitch lines is the simple fact that uh, in the event that he's going to meet up with some of these teams uh, that has players on it that are leaving the bubble, snitching on them to assure yourself that they won't be able to play on the back end might help your chances if uh, you want to advance on to the next round and you're the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder. That's pretty much the only thing that I can think of behind it. Not saying that that's a good reason, but nonetheless, that's just what it is. Uh, and uh, I'm just not a I'm, I'm just not a fan of the snitch line. I just think that everybody's old enough to know the to do's and what not to do's. Uh, but I definitely wanted to get in on some of that because I'm just really not a, a fan of the snitch line. And I couldn't agree more with Shaquille O'Neal by saying that uh, snitches get stitches. And so want to remind everybody of exactly what it is that you are watching. Of course, that being Tate's Take with Deshaun Tate. What other place would basketball live than to – um, live right here where we're going to bring my boy on here in a second, Iron Mike Dice, uh, to talk a little bit more about some of this NBA stuff. We still got plenty of college basketball talking about Memphis, talking about the Michigan Wolverines, ironically enough that we have Mike Dyson coming on tonight. But um, just want to, you know, touch on some of that stuff. Jonathan Kaminga, again, as I mentioned. So I want to touch on quite a bit of that stuff um, uh, throughout the duration of the show once uh, we send Mike Dyson out of here. But you know, I definitely want to be sure that um, we get in some of that stuff and also including um, some comments by Josh Hart, a guard from the New Orleans Pelicans, um, even get in some stuff about the Milwaukee Bucks. How much do you believe in them? The Toronto Raptors, Giannis Antetokounmpo. We're going to get into some awards, all kind of stuff. But first, let's get into um Let's get into this, man. My dude entering the locker room and make sure I get his graphic up there because I know if I don't, I'm going to be hearing all kind of bad names and all kind of stuff rolling my way. So this is what we call <laughs> Roll the Dice with Iron Mike Dyson, who's a podcast host. Um, follow him on social media, Twitter, as well as IG. Call it the Graham. Uh, whatever the cool kids are calling it nowadays on the social media. And <laughs> this dude always got me lighting up like a Christmas tree. Iron <laughs> Mike Dice, uh, got the floor, bro. What's popping? D Tate, my main man. Number one, I'm leaving the locker room. I'm entering the stage. Okay. I'm on the big, the big take stage right now, bro. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel bad for your viewership, man. You know, you was at like 15, 20 people. As soon as I got in the room, it went down to like four, three people watching right now. Man. I'll, I'll be quick, right quick, bro. I know I need a haircut and everything, you know, get my shave on, man. But uh, always great to be here, man. Good to see you, Doc. I was listening to the sun, listening to some of the show and, uh, I think the younger Sabonis was DeMontis Sabonis you're talking about for the Pacers. That's number one. And then number two, bro, let me come down to Florida. Is he walking around just leisurely in Cavalier with no face mask, no gloves or nothing? I'm on that hotline, bro. I'm calling up Adam Silver himself, bro. Like, yo, 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 commission. I seen Dee Tate walking around. You know what I'm saying? No face mask, no nothing, bro. When it comes to health, health is wealth, bro. I'm not mad. Now, I don't subscribe to snitch. I'm like you, bro. You know, snitches get stitches. I was going to say, I was going to say, are we going to change your name to snitching Mike Dyson? <laughs> <instead of Iron? laughs> nah, man. But when it comes to certain things, though, bro, there, there are exceptions for certain things, man. And health, you know, that's one of it. And this is not like you're trying to look out for your own personal health. Your health can affect, you know, your family members, your loved ones, uh, your children and so forth, man. So it's a bigger deal. Than uh, on the surface, though, bro. 
But uh, yeah, I'm here to talk about, you know, the NBA resumption, bro. We back, man. We here. Glad to hear it, man. Um, as I'm sure you told, you know, your listeners and your viewers that we're going to start between tomorrow between the 22nd and the 28th. We're going to have uh, uh, what the seeding games. We're not seeding games, scrimmages, bro. Now I'm sure you already told your viewers that it's basically like a glorified, uh, you know, preseason or exhibition game. Well, because the season technically already started and commenced, it can't be a you know preseason or exhibition, man. So technically it'll be called and labeled a scrimmage, but it'll have that same feel as an exhibition. That's just all aimed to get the players back in shape, man. As you already know, they're coming off a four-month layover. They're kind of out of shape and so forth. And you could be in regular shape, man, but that's another thing to be in basketball NBA shape, you know. So, And uh, I think the quarters are going to be like 10-minute quarters, uh, no more than five or six games uh, per day starting tomorrow through the 28th, man. And then uh, we're going to get into the – the actual season resumption on the 30th, bro. Can't wait. Dude, I'm excited about it. I know you're excited about it. I'm, I, I've got my question marks and some things that's throwing up some red flags a little bit as to whether they really should or shouldn't resume the season. But, hey, listen, that's what I'm going to leave that up to the people who get paid all the big money to make those kind of decisions as to whether they should or shouldn't come back because they understand the health and the, the, the severity of everything um, that these players are going to be facing, like with these 10-minute quarters and bringing them back to play, is that going to be enough time? Because they haven't had an opportunity to find a place to go and play with so much stuff being closed down, depending on what city or state that they live in. So um, I can only imagine um, how difficult that's going to be to go from playing basketball over uh, what I would say probably about 60-something games. I think we got all the way up to that point. Uh, and then completely shut down out of nowhere, and then you're off for multiple months, and then you only have, what, three games? Or how many games do you have until the actual season resumes? There's definitely three games, man. Those are great points, man. It's just so many That's things. not many, Dice. No, at all, bro. It's just so many things to unpack what you just said, bro, in terms of the health and the COVID and just getting back in shape and – you know, just getting back in the whole flow of the situation and other things that I heard today, which was a concern, an ancillary uh, concern, man, but concern nonetheless. A lot of executives are worried about, you know, super teams being formed, bro. They're worried that because a lot of the players have an opportunity to fraternize and, you know, be in close quarters with each other, playing games, ping pong, you know, cards and so forth, that that's actually like a recruiting tool. So a lot of like executives are fearful yeah, I know, right? <laughs> is that what we're doing, bro? A game of space, man, may turn into a super team, bro. You never know, like, man. Well, as crazy as that may sound, like we're going to go from having literally having spades partners to like <laughs> now all of a sudden who knows what kind of conversations and deals right. is going to be made to all where right. guys are going to want to play on the same basketball team together, especially with free agency and everything else going to be coming up really soon. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what – what kind of sense it made for there to be, because I know we had a conversation one time about the guys playing ping pong together. You can't mm-hmm. play doubles, so you can only play singles and ping pong. I'm not kind of sure what sense that makes that you can't play doubles, but you can go play on the same basketball court with nine other guys. And you're mm-hmm. going to, you know, more, more, you know, bodily contact amongst other things, sweat, perspiration, mm-hmm. everything else. So a lot of that stuff really just doesn't make sense to me. On the surface, um, that makes sense. I mean, to cut you off, bro, that sounds yeah. like an argument that the football players had that, okay, we can, like, play, but we can't exchange jerseys at the end of the game. They're like, well, what sense does that make? We're in, like, close proximity with each other. And that all makes sense. Now, I agree with you guys, man. But, like, I guess it's just limiting opportunities, though, to get the COVID virus. So if doing everything you do, you know, constitutes, like, 99 things or uh, ways to, to catch COVID you don't want to add on four or five other ways to catch COVID. You know what I'm saying? So if you have like 95 ways to co- catch COVID, you don't want to increase those ways to like 105 to 106 ways to catch COVID. You know what I'm saying? But I feel what you're none, saying. Though. None of it is really making sense. And I think that is perfect for right now in 2020 where we're living in a world and having a year where nothing seems to make sense. So just for 2020, I'm going to do the folks this favor. I'm going to have a shot of sweet tea. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a, I'm getting a little parched, bro. I'm, a little parched, bro. I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna get into here in just a second. Check this out. 
Got the health, the healthy juice. Okay. Speaking of health, one more thing. Oh, one more thing, though, T-Tate. No it doubt. was announced today, too, bro. Since July 13th, since the initial uh, testing for COVID, I think over 300 players that, you know, took the COVID test came back with uh, negative results. So that's a good thing. Hey, so not <laughs> one single person came not a back one. No, no. Correct. Okay. Now, before we start getting into some stuff that happened within the Atlanta Hawks today, let the folks know how this seems to from what you're hearing in regards to how this is working with the whole if you leave the bubble how much time do you have before you can come back how long do you have to be quarantined mm-hmm. because everything that i've been under the assumption of hearing which has been so many things so i don't i'm not sure if there is an official word you may mm-hmm. know more but mm-hmm. i'm hearing that guys that leave the bubble which we've seen zion williamson do it um Kabaklo has done it uh, uh rashawn holmes has done <clears> it um Montrez Harrell has done it and just for different right. reasons and I'm not sure if the reasons themselves have any kind of effect or if it has to be approved by the NBA or whatever um as to how soon they can come back or what the protocol is for that uh however I, what I'll say is that you know I was told that eight to ten days of quarantine was going to be mandatory a uh, minimum of eight I've also heard up to 14 days not great at math. I tell you all the time, if you ask me, it was two plus two. I'll pl- mm-hmm. probably tell you 22, not four. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm hearing <laughs> up to 14 days being two weeks that they could be mm-hmm. sitting out. Uh, there's so much stuff being tossed around before we get into the Atlanta Hawks and what they uh, a reveal that they made today. Is there an official word on this whole when you come back from COVID thing? That's a great point. Great question, Detail. And you know, it, it's so fluid right now in regards to like the mandates, the policies and the protocols and so forth. Initially, so let me just break it down for what I believe I understand to be true and correct. Uh, initially, when the players arrive to the bubble, everybody's required to have a 14-day quarantine. You know what I'm saying? Just isolate yourself for 14 days, then take your test, okay? If you become, you know, uh, negative, if your uh, test results, you know, negative, then you're good to go. But that point at thereafter, uh, if you have to leave, you know, for whatever reason, and the only reason you can leave the bubble and come back, you know, under 14 days, it has to be a league exempt, you know, reason, like a medical reason or something uh, commissioned by the commissioner, Adam Silver. He has to give you like a special reason or an excuse or exemption to leave. And when you come back, <clears throat> so say for instance, like Zion Williams, he's supposed to be going, if he leaves for like five or six days, he'll have to come back and quarantine or isolate himself for six, five or six days after taking another uh, coronavirus test. You know what I'm saying? So basically, if you already, uh, if you're already uh, corona negative and you get an excuse to leave the bubble, however many days you leave, is how many days you have to quarantine, isolate yourself, and be away from like team, you know, facilities and team participation and so forth, uh, considering you pass the COVID test. So, you know, if Zion comes back, you know, in five days and he comes back and takes a, a test and he, come, he comes back with a, a negative corona test, he'll have to take an additional five days to isolate and quarantine himself. Dang, bro. Like, I, I really got a feeling there's so many little asterisks and so many little you know, fine print, you know what I mean? So much fine print and different stuff like that in regards to how all this stuff is going to work. And I guess it's necessary just depending on how much you want basketball. And I'm not, is we're going to find out exact, find out exactly how many people are invested in knowing this stuff or invested in their teams, because all this stuff right. is going to be highly critical. If your team is one of the 22 that you represent or that you cheer for from your right. sofa, if you if you root for one of those teams in 22, these are things that you actually need to know. You may think that it doesn't have anything mm-hmm. to do with you. Well, don't when those bookies, when you get to calling them bookies or you start going out to Vegas or you want to play some bets online or whatever the case may be. These are things that you actually need to know before you mess around and put your money up. And then you come to find out that somebody left and now they got to be quarantined and so on and so forth. This is almost essentially going to be like I thought that we had it bad with guys that were taking advantage of. um what do you call it with the guys sitting out and, and, and oh the uh, uh damn man uh oh my really god or not yeah or uh, oh my gosh go ahead finish your point though uh, just taking advantage of the rule mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of whether uh you know you can come back and play or whatever like I thought that that was bad you know mm-hmm. what I mean like but now we're looking at a whole different situation we're talking about quarantine 
and so forth. So I wonder how the quarantining and how the effect of leaving the bubble and so forth is going to come uh, or is going to affect um, who's going to take advantage of actually sitting out of games without being hurt or having an excuse or reason um, to take advantage of it. So I'm just trying to figure out, it just seems like a, a bunch of stuff that just is like wash too much to keep up with in some cases, but I guess that's load, what management. Here. load management, mm -hmm. ah, my boy, load management. <laughs> I don't know why that was so hard for me to figure out. Um, but with that being said, um, something else happened. This happened. Ooh, as fashion well. style. I love it. That happened. The Great fashion, topic, the fashion I love as well. Yeah. That happened. <laughs> so as you can see to the left, and I don't want to get all into the specific of the colors, but what it clearly looks mm. like to me is uh, what Trey is wearing, red uniform, um, white numbers and letters outlined mm -hmm. in yellow. John Collins in the middle, which is different from the other two because you do see in the top left-hand corner of his uniform a Jumpman logo, a black mm -hmm. uniform with yellow, um, with yellow lettering and numbers outlined in red. Uh, and, and then you see uh, Kevin Herter with the white, or is that a very, very light gray? I, I haven't figured that one out yet, but uh, uniform with red uh, lettering. And then, of course, you know, sketched out or or trimmed uh, in yellow uh, itself. So I, I, I don't know. I want to get your opinions on it, Dyson. Of course, the people always feel free to leave a comment below with your questions and your opinions, maybe concerns, suggestions of what the Hawks should have done. One mm -hmm. thing that I can say when looking at this, though, Dice, is that I'm happy that they went away with the vote green. Uh, I told you earlier today, bro, and this is just me. I don't know this to be a fact by any means, and I, I don't I don't. I don't want to get caught in the crosshairs of it, but we're here to tell the truth and speak our mind. I thought that the vote green was corny. Yeah. Uh, I thought that the vote green would may have been a representation of trying to get um, the, the, the fan base comfortable with accepting um, homosexuality. Um, and, and that's just kind of the way that I feel about it and felt about it. Um, and, and I'm not sure that it, it looks Atlanta. Like when I'm looking at some of this stuff, does it look Atlanta? I don't think that the lime green and all that kind of stuff. I like the Pac-Man. Like, and I'll let you say this. What you did say one thing, which is kind of like a less is more, and I'll let you expand on that a little bit more. But I would have been cool with just, um, and you don't see it on any, on any of these logos, I don't think. Okay, so look down here at the bottom right-hand corner, and you'll see the Pac-Man Pac logo, mm -hmm. Okay. I would have been okay with if you had that to replace Atlanta, to replace Hawks, all of that, and you just put that Pac-Man logo right in the front of the jersey and then mm. just put the number underneath. That would have been cool with that. I think the NBA did something like that for like Christmas one year or something. Mm -hmm. similar, or All-Star mm -hmm. or something similar to that. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. What's your take on what you see right here with, with, with the uh, Atlanta Hawks new uniform? Wow, so many things. Number one, I like them. Um, like you previously said, I am but do a, you love them though? I don't love them, bro. See, I don't know if it's because you know Atlanta hasn't had much of a successful, you know, history in the NBA, no championships and stuff like that. That's playing in my mind. I've always been the kind of person the more successful team is the better they look on the field or on the court, though. You know what I'm saying? Their their uniforms look better. The colors look better, but when teams stink it up, you know, the whole aesthetic looks bummy to me and trash, bro. But that Hawks uh, jersey right there, the three colors, less, like you said, less is more to me, bro. I love it, man. Red and black. Keep it real simple. You mentioned the vote green um, being kind of like uh, something to appeal to like uh, Atlanta's homographic, uh, demo, you know, demographic, uh, or homophobic demographic. I would have said that at their colors were rainbow, but I always took like the vote green as like an homage or a tribute to the old like Pete Pistol Pete days. So I think in the Pistol Pete days, their colors were like blue and green. So I always took that like vote that vote green as like a tribute to the old Pistol Pete days, man. Um, I do like it though, man. I do like your idea as well. You just said something about you know taking the whole logo and replacing it with the the city plate and the and the, and the name of Atlanta. I like that too, but instead of like doing that, just have Atlanta up, and then instead of one of the A's, have the Pac-Man sign right there. So say ATL 
then the Pac-Man sign as the other A, the NTA. That'll be something fresh like that too, though, man. But less is more. I like it. We talked about this earlier, uh, D-Tape. You know, like in the late 90s, you had like the old Memphis Grizzlies jerseys, the old Toronto Raptors jerseys, the old Grant Hill Detroit Pistons jerseys. Those were whack to me. Like at the time, I thought they were going overboard. But in retrospect, you go back and look at them, like, man, those jerseys were fire. I love those Pistons jerseys. I love those. Damon oh, the Stoudemire. turquoise with the horse on it. Well, there you go. The turquoise and the till. Exactly. There you go, man. And, and like you brought the, the whole uh, Steve Smith Hawk jersey with the big hawk going across yeah, the top, yeah. man. Stretched out. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. I it love was a that. wing. That's there my you. favorite one where it was like red and then diminishing wow. into black. Or was it black diminishing into red? Whatever it was. Yeah. I like those the best ones. Those are the best ones to me. Those were dope. That's a top five. I definitely have to go with the old Dominique Wilkins Pac-Man. You know what I'm saying? Just that whole red and yellow and white. Even though back in the day, I always thought their color scheme reminded me like Ronald McDonald, bro. Like that's some Ronald McDonald colors right there, mm -hmm. man. But I do like the New Jersey though, bro. Less is more. It's kind of like uh, a best of both worlds. You can see like the modern aspects to the jersey, like a throwback tribute, you know, saying from the past. So I definitely like them. You had rate these jerseys one through 10. I'll give them eight points too. Okay, eight point two. Eight point two. That's a that's a real Iron Mike snitching <laughs> Mike Dyson answer right there, bro. Very eight point two. Yes, yeah, you gotta get the point two in there. Yeah, you mentioned the Ronald McDonald cuz got me kind of hungry for some fresh fries. The hot boys from the Mickey D's. I'm talking about the the hot ones. Like when I go through the drive through, I'm the difficult dude. And believe it or not, I'm sitting here with the TV on in my house right now. Mm. And it. As soon as I just mentioned it, it just came up. I'm gonna have to go. You had to make me a little signs, bro. The it's, it's the sign. It's, it's the, the signs, sign. bro. It's, yeah. the, it's the energy. Something in the air. Um, so I don't know about you, bro. I go through the drive-through, and I specifically, yes, I am that dude that has to be very detailed, bro. But I gotta let them know. I want a large fry. I and and, and guess what? I want them hot. I let them know off rip. If I have to sit and wait after you pay your money, and they say pull up. I don't mm -hmm. mind pulling up for eight minutes or however long. I used to work at McDonald's, so I know how this works. I don't <laughs> mind pulling up for a minute, bro, just to yeah. get my fresh hot fries, just to make sure they hot. Don't try and play me. I might have to tell you I want to order a fries without salt on them, boys, just to make <laughs> sure that you put the fresh ones in there. And then I ask you for a couple salt packets on right. the back end. We got Ooh, my boy. Game. game for free. You know, hey, I like that. free right there, baby. Game for free. Got my boy Iron Mike Dice on with me, man. Cuz might look like he from Cali right about now with the bro, like the Easy E back in the day in the 80s where they had the, the hat over the fro. I'm boy. Exactly. I'm dope boy. I got the D hat though, man. I'm a boys in the hood though, bro. I'm a dope boy, man. You find you give it a you give it an 8.2. Um yeah. how about you? What you say? I can tell you right now, I'm not gonna give these boys right here that high. I know we only wow. got you right for about five to ten more minutes, about ten more minutes of Iron Mike Dice, bro. But I just I, I can't I can't go. I'm not even I don't even think this makes a seven for me, bro. Are you serious? Yeah, I think it's closer okay, to seven. What, what about it's closer it? to seven than it is a six? I'll probably give it like I want to say probably a six, five, a seven at very best, but I think that might be a little bit too much. I think it's just plain. I just think, and, and and I'm okay with playing. Like I, I I'm good with playing because mm -hmm. I'm kind. I like to think I'm more of a playing person, but mm -hmm. I think in these situations where, um, you know, I think you need the logo somewhere or you, you put it on the uh, on the back above the neck or something. I don't know, but I'm okay with the Hawks. I'm okay with Atlanta. I guess it's just maybe it's the yellow. I think it's the yellow that throw me off. Like sometimes I think when a team adds too much color like that was my issue with the lime green but in this they just replaced the vote green with the yellow and i'm just mm. not a fan of the yellow i think if mm. there's going to be anything it should be the typical what you see when you think of atlanta what you see when you think of braves what you see when you think of uh, uh falcons um georgia you know football and stuff or georgia uga it's red white black i think if your last color is going to be a color i think it should be black I know at one time they did try to do the navy blue at one point in time when they had a really, really good season. Uh, thinking, what was that, like 2015 or something like that with Paul Millsap and all those guys. That's when they had a little bit more of the navy blue in there. Um, but I'm just not a fan of the yellow, man. So I just want to throw that in there. Um, Dominique Wilkins, you know, his his jersey, they had like the, the yellow numbering. Were you a fan of the uh, the Hawks jerseys then? The Dominique? I'm trying to think. It did have the yellow, correct? 
Yeah. Maybe if they added the yellow, mm-hmm. but just just the way that it was at that time, like that did okay. look that just look natural at it with the eyes. It looked better than okay. the format that they have these Hawks jerseys. Like I feel like these particular ones, if you was gonna keep the lettering and the numbering like <clears> that and all that. Like mm-hmm. I feel like this shouldn't have been yellow, but I don't know what DT is thinking about, man. The Hawks have always had some kind of a uh spectacle of yellow in their jerseys, bro. So that's dope to me. But also on those jerseys, uh you can see the um oh yeah, and also in the jersey, you can see like the, the Jordan logo, the Jordan emblem on the side. Um, if a lot of people didn't know that Jordan is selecting certain teams to sponsor this year for the Black Lives Matter for the remaining. The remainder of the season, they're going to have like, you know, Black Lives Matter and other messages uh, specifically sponsored by Jordan. So shout out to Michael Jordan uh, for stepping up his social awareness game. You know, he was always uh, maligned and criticized for not stepping up and speaking out for social issues. But he definitely picked up the ball and um, did his thing, uh, you know, this summer. So, But uh, yeah, man, uh, tomorrow, return of the NBA season. Well, the scrimmage is going to be great. Uh, the season starts July 30th. We're going to have uh, seeding games or playing games. And basically all those remaining eight games are going to lead until like a, a first time the NBA has done this, like a playing tournament. And basically the playing tournament is going to determine, you know, the eighth seed. So you're going to have like maybe three or four or five teams per uh, conference battling for that last that last position, that last possession um, in the conference playoffs. So that's going to be interesting. I think DT, here he is. Dice right here with us, man, because another thing that I wanted to um, talk about with you was some of the NBA awards okay. uh, and anything else NBA that I wanted to kind of get into. But um, let the people know how they're going to be doing the NBA awards this year because, again, it's been so much of a crazy and just a wacky season in general. Right. Um, what do you know in regards to how they're going to be conducting the awards or awards ceremony or whatever, what have you? All right. So today they announced the league announced that uh, they're going to open up awards, uh, voting for awards right now between the 21st, July 21st and July 28th. Mm-hmm. They're trying to like uh, veer away from like, you know, considering these little playing games and this, these bubble games as a part of the first part of the season. They're trying to like get all the, the voters to consider only the first three quarters of the season before you know the uh, the quarantine and the postponement, they want all the voters to consider that portion of the season when uh, voting for the awards. So it's going to start between now and conclude on the 28th, and during the you know the resumption and heading into the playoffs, uh, the announcers, the game announcers, will announce you know the award winners. Now it's crazy because so, they're, they're, they're trying to like stray away. They want to give everybody a fair shot. They say, you know, only 22 teams are coming to the bubble. It's not fair to the other eight teams. One could argue with the eight teams, with the other eight teams that are not participating in the bubble. They don't have any like award candidates anyway. There's nobody for the Pistons, you know, fighting for MVP. Nobody for the Chicago Bulls, you know, jockeying for a defensive player of the year. You know what I'm saying? So you could well, argue I, that. I, I, I told you how. Okay. I felt earlier. Mm-hmm. There is a dude who I think has a very legitimate chance to be up for most improved player in the league. Okay. And that being Devontae Graham of the Charlotte Hornets. Now, big facts. I don't know how you feel about dude, but he has been consistent. Like after, okay, I seen him this year. Okay, a couple games. All right. That was dope, but he ain't going to keep it up. And then I see him do a little bit more, and I'm like, Cuz been pretty hot, but bro, I he's, like Kimba, he's like Kimba. He's like Kimba with braids. He's like Kimba with braids, bro. Like I'm on the tip where it's like if I had to guess, that ain't gonna last long. And he keep doing it, and then I'm like, hey, I'm starting to kind of eat my words a little bit. Cuz mm-hmm. next thing you know, he just rolling like that. It's kind of I'm gonna tell you what it remind me of. It remind me of the first time I saw Luca. Mm. I was like, he pretty dope. But mm-hmm. this ain't about to last. And then it was mm-hmm. like, he keep doing it. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. But I don't get a good feeling about it. And then it just keeps happening. It's like, shut the F up. You know what I'm saying? Like, the more and more that you keep on doubting, the more and more you keep being proven wrong. So it's probably best to just be quiet. Like, he had that kind of effect. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he played like Luka Doncic. I'm just saying that he did have that kind of effect on me because that's how much I believed 
mm-hmm. uh, in him coming into the league. And that's just mm-hmm. full disclosure, complete honesty, full mm-hmm. uh, transparency. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so words. I think he can be up. Mm-hmm. Huh? What happened? So with the big words, full disclosure, oh, transparency. Look, oh look, boy! Look, look. When 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 the day that you decide to throw the rice, uh, tie the knot, <laughs> jump the broom, exchange the vows, and you go have iron dice on your line, you you you'll pick up some words from time to time, bro. When you talk to the homie that often, to where he one of your cl- closest homies, you, you'll pick up a couple words here and there. You might not be able to spell them. But you'd be able to pick up a couple of words. Nah, you can spell and be champ, bro. But to keep everything serious, though, you made some great points, man. Graham was on fire. Like, he was on fire. He had a couple game winners this year. He had clutch shots. It was consistent. And it, it sounds, it feels like, or it appeared to see, it appeared to be that he played off of that cynicism, off that doubt. Like people like you, like he heard the details out there, people doubting him and saying, oh, okay, he won't keep it up. It won't last. He can't be as good as Kemba. And then motivating him. That's how it seemed in his his style of play. You know what I'm saying? His consistency, man. But besides D. Grant, which is an excellent choice, and I think he'll probably finish up second uh, in that um, in that award. But besides, though, D. Graham, who else is out there that's sitting at home right now, a part of the eight teams, would you consider for like any like award besides you know d ground give me the eight teams i don't think there's nobody out there for the pistons no nobody no no charlotte no no charlotte outside of no atlanta no atlanta well actually i mean for luca and speaking of luca and trey young you could argue they could be most improved players bro because what trey averaged what 18 19 his, his rookie year which is a great year 19 a game is rookie is great, but that boy averaging like 29 this year. That's like a 10 point improvement, bro. That's no for sure. And even and, he, and even on the assist tip, mm-hmm. um, my first question to you isn't Dallas a part of the 22 teams or no? They are. They are okay. So he could definitely be in that conversation. And I'm not saying that Trey wouldn't be worthy of being in that conversation, but one reason behind why I think that Trey wouldn't be, or two reasons behind why I think Trey wouldn't be. Not saying he wouldn't deserve it, but number mm-hmm. one, because he's more of a high profile player than mm-hmm. somebody who's going up for a most improved. Uh, those are typically players that you don't have. You didn't really have high. It's 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 positioned to be players that you really didn't have high expectations for. And it kind of came out of nowhere on the scene and, and did well. Um, and that's not Trey. And I think that that's not that. I think that's a compliment to Trey because. He was expected to do well, and he, mm-hmm. he has done well, um, and he's been consistent. But if mm-hmm. we add him, then we're going to have to start adding a whole lot of other players to the list um, just because of their status. And outside of that, unfortunately, not saying I agree with this because it should be an individual award, but because the Hawks had such a poor year this year, awards such as typically don't go to players where the teams had poor seasons. Basically. Right, that's the fact. So look, um, that's the fact, and I'm just freestyling a couple of names for like you know players. Since we talking about most improved, most of the players I'm thinking of, they did not play on the team that's not contending for playoffs. Like Brandon Ingram, you know he could, he's in the contention right now for bubble, but you know he had a great year improvement. Luka that's Dante, a good one, bro. Yeah, that's Devontae, a Brandon Ingram. Thank you, Devontae that's- Graham. Devontae Graham, your boy Bam Adebayo. Should consider votes. Uh, SGA, my man, Shy, Gilgis Alexander. We said Trey, Malcolm Brogdon, maybe, and Jalen Brown, bro. So I think those, like, those are your main uh, people that's contending. And one more too, bro. And we talked about it earlier. Even though he won the last year, your boy, your boy Pascal Siakam, man, he had like a nice little seven, eight point jump in his average. But he won it last All-Star. year. He did. He did. I'm just, I'm just doing it out there. I ain't feeling it, bro. No, I ain't. <laughs> it, I'm, not, I'm not with it. I'm gonna tell you okay. what he has to do for me before we start talking about. Uh, moving forward with the awards. I'm going to tell you what he has to do for me because everybody's talking about Toronto being disrespected and all this other type of stuff. People need to be believers in Toronto. I know you're one of the people that said that you had Toronto, you know, potentially going far uh, in the playoffs, not saying that they couldn't. I mean, you should, you in the East, but granted, I think that they're going to miss Kawhi. I don't think that, I don't, we haven't seen enough of Toronto without Kawhi and crunch clutch situations in terms of postseason where it becomes something very different the game slows down the possessions slow down like everything becomes it's different Mm -hmm. um 
I'm not a believer in Kyle Lowry like that. And I, I don't know if that's really saying much to people because of the fact that I wasn't a big fan of Kyle Lowry before, outside of the fact that I think he has the worst body in, in pro basketball. But Dead on top body. of that, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he got that. Um, but I respect him a whole lot more than I did before. And I still don't think that he has what it takes to carry this team on his back the way that, again, he's done a good job of this season. But Pascal Siakam is also in that conversation. I think they're really going to miss Kawhi when it comes down to when games really matter the most. So this 14 or 15 game winning streak is cute, um, but I just don't think that it's going to be nearly uh, enough. And, and, and Pascal Siakam winning that award mm. um, last year, I think that that should – I don't know if it should diminish him from the conversation because if a six man of the year award can go to Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford every year, every year, why can't a most improve? But they a most improve, I feel like your expectations are different the year after versus the expectations of a six man player of the year a year after. Maybe some people feel like a six man player of the year shouldn't get it back to back years because if he was that good, then he should be starting. I don't know. What's your take on that? Well, a lot of things, man, uh, in regards to the six men back to back. I mean, I feel like if that's your designated role, you know, we all have to play our role on the team to be successful. And if your designated role is to be on the sixth off the bench and you do it well, then that's your role. I mean, Kobe Bryant came off the bench for like three years in a row because he played it well. It only took a Rick Fox injury for him to come off the bench and never go back, man. So it all depends about the situation. Um, going back to Toronto. And the reason why you don't like them because of Kawhi Leonard and them not exhibiting, you know, a clutch style of play in the playoffs. See, that's the reason why I do feel like they're going to do something well, man. They hear all the talk. Oh, yeah, Toronto was a one-man team last year. You guys can't do it without Kawhi. I think that's giving them motivation. Let's put a chip on their shoulder, and they're out to show everybody that, you know, we're not a one-man team. And if you look the way, look, look, look at their style of play. Every night is somebody different. Whether it's Kyle Lowry one night, whether it's Boucher or Nick Powell or Siakam or Fred Van Vliet or Ibaka or, or Marcus Saw. So that team they remind me of the old school, like a 04 Detroit Pistons team. Like not any like superstars, but like a lot of just like well-rounded veterans, hoopers that know how to play and get the job done. You know what? I'm going to say this, bro, and there's just a little bit of take, take for you right here, bro. Okay. Since we're here, since we're talking about it, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm just not feeling I'm – not, I'm not feeling good about this team. I'm just – I'm not. And I'm going to say this much too. Brandon Ingram should be so much of the most improved player over Pascal Siakam mm -hmm. to the point where – if he doesn't get into consideration, if he doesn't win this award, I think that he's going to have such a great – like, he's going to be off of blood next year. Like, I really believe that Brandon Ingram has that bone in his body or can flip that switch within himself and in his game to where if he does that, he could be a top – and I'm just thinking about who's all on his team. He got ball players on his team. Mm -hmm. He ain't played a whole full season with Zion yet. Mm -hmm. But I think he has the potential of being a top 10, top 15 scorer in this league next year if he doesn't get the consideration uh, that he deserves with uh, most improved this year. And I think he's going to prove a lot of what I'm telling you is going to happen next year when the season resumes this year and they get in, in the event that they get into the playoffs. I, I, I love everything I've seen from Brandon Ingram this year, bro, and I just – I take Brandon Ingram over Pascal Siakam. I'm that dude. Mm. So you just had me thinking about top 10, top 15 scores. <coughs> Where does he land on your top small fours list right now? I mean, you got LeBron. I don't know. I'd have to, to be fair, I'd have to have a list. I'm not going to pick him over like LeBron or in the event, I guess, Luca play small forward, I guess. I don't know. But you got Tatum, Kawhi, Paul George. So I mean, Tatum players. is nice, bro. Mm-hmm. And I do have to see a little bit more than one season from Brandon Ingram, but I feel like a lot of what we've seen from Brandon Ingram with the Pelicans, he had with the Lakers. Yeah. But he just wasn't given that same type of chance to showcase it. Right. right. Um, maybe some of his aggression, and he does play very lackadaisical and very kind of like, mm -hmm. he played cool. 
You know what I'm saying? Some folks, some homies play too cool. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and I think that he's definitely been one of them, but that's his game. I don't yeah. want him to go outside of that and be somebody else because he won't be nearly. You thought that the Brandon Ingram we saw in L.A. was looking like a bust after being the number two pick. Like, uh, if he would have stuck it out in the same way and under the same system and it just wasn't going to work out, I think that we would have seen it even worse. And even speaking of that, I just want to throw a comment out there. My aunt, where I come from, my neck of the woods, they call it auntie. My auntie, Teresa, said the no saw on the fries must be a Michigan thing. She must have knew I had dice with me, and they used for Michigan, either that or because he's wearing the hat, LOL. <laughs> I'm telling you, let me get no salt on the fries, bro, to make sure they fresh and then, throw, and then ask for some salt pot packets. The most disrespectful thing that there is to probably do to somebody that work at McDonald's. So no disrespect. I appreciate the service yeah, yeah. and the love. Um, let me ask you this, Dice, okay. real quick. Because uh, I'm going to get you up off here in the next couple minutes. Then I want to throw some stuff out there about Take basketball. Take your time. I'm glad to be here, basketball. bro. Okay. So, <clears throat> in regards to the Milwaukee Bucks, okay. their postseason woes, um, failures, have right. they been resolved? What's mm-hmm. the solution? Like, do you – because I, I, I'm one that feels like, yo, they got to do it this year. Like, straight up. There ain't going to be too many yeah. more opportunities that we're going to keep on making excuses. And right. I might be willing to give them one more year after this year. I will say that. Let me let, let, let me do that. If they don't do it this year, they have to do it next year. And I'm not saying win a championship. Go to the finals. I'm talking then. about get to the finals. Correct. Okay. They've got to do that because I think they made a huge mistake by giving up Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I, I also think that, you know, the liability that Brooke Lopez is on the defensive end uh, and – Excuse me, the liability that um, – um, give me the other Lopez. Robin, Robin Lopez is on the offensive end, the combination of that, and maybe it'll balance itself out. But I think that that will hurt them more than it will help them in the long run when they're playing up against your Bostons, maybe even Toronto's, Indiana. Um, I just think that that's what will hurt them ultimately. Now, granted, there while I feel like – the Toronto Raptors, because of Kawhi Leonard on that roster, kind of set the blueprint on what it takes in order to beat them. Um, these other teams don't have a Kawhi Leonard who's arguably the best two-way player in the league either. So what is your take on the Milwaukee Bucks? And what do what does Dice feel like he has to see out of Milwaukee uh, when this whole thing starts back up all the way through the postseason this year? Off top, a reliable and consistent jump shot by Giannis. And that's it, bro, because like you said, last year we saw the blueprint. It wasn't just Kawhi. It was about Toronto uh, stuffing up that paint, blocking the paint, you know what I'm saying, forging the wedge and not letting him get in the paint and penetrate, bro. Because much if you look at most of like Giannis's highlights, bro, he getting the board, take about two or three dribbles, and at the half court, you take like two or three steps, and he's just dunking on you, bro. Like I've seen him, like it's been times he'll take like one dribble past full court, take like two or three steps, and jump off like by the free throw line, bro. Like he covers a lot of room, you know what I'm saying? So as long as you can like stop that paint, man, clog that paint, that is the that's like the blueprint. So until he can like counter that, bro, with a consistent jump shot, like consistent, not a good one, but a consistent one that's wet, bro. Then I think you know. I don't have that much confidence in Milwaukee. And like you said, the ancillary parts, man, no Malcolm Brogdon. I like Eric Bledsoe. He's a, probably a better athlete than Brogdon. But when it comes to, like, basketball IQ and just, like, decision-making and, you know, as a point guard that's going to, like, you know, manage the team, I have more confidence in Malcolm Brogdon than Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe sometimes plays out of control, like a eighth grader playing an NBA game, bro, just doing all kind of crazy stuff, man. You know what I mean? So – I'm not that sold on them, man. And losing Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, he was like a 50, 40, 90 guy a couple years ago, so he was a consistent shooter. I don't know too many shooters outside of Middleton on Milwaukee that I, I, I'm, I'm fearful of knocking down that J. Um, so a good thing they do have those Coach Bud. Coach Bud is a great coach, you know what I'm saying? But the East is filled with great coaches. You got Brad Stevens, uh, Spolstra, you know what I'm saying, uh, Nick Nurse. Like the East is nothing to play with when it comes to the coaching. So – Everything else has to be on point, bro. And there's no, like, home court advantage in the bubble. You know what I'm saying? This is what we're really going to see, like, the best teams 
come to the top of the crop, the cream of the crop, bro. There's no oh, excuses of traveling and airplanes and home court advantage and fans and crowds and so forth, man. So I'm not a big believer until I see Giannis knock down a consistent playoff jumper, bro. I'm not I'm not that sold on Milwaukee yet, bro. That's that's the part that I do too like about it the most is that there won't be any excuses of traveling. Mm-hmm. Um and being in different time zones and or folks going out to party and all that Correct. type of stuff. Like, there ain't gonna be none of that. Correct. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be straight up, you brought it or you didn't. And that's mm-hmm. the part I do like about the resumption this year. Um, when we were talking about dark horses before Miami can bust somebody down real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, with their youthfulness. And, I mean, when you got a guy like a Bam Adebayo who's kind of a combination of Kenneth Fareed with his motor and shot-blocking ability and athleticism of, like, a Ben Wallace and strength and determination and fearful, I mean, fearless, like, it, it, it's just, I mean, you and got shooters, you know, Duncan Robinson, your boy from U of M. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Tyler Hero is another. I mean, they've, they've, they've got the players. Now, one thing that I did see um, is that, who is that? Justice Winslow's not over there anymore, right? He's over in Memphis. I did see mm-hmm. that they're going to, I think, lose him for the season. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what comes about um, with with this team. Because I think what Andre Iguodala, is that who out there? He's a, no, he plays for uh, Miami. Play Miami. Right? No? Miami. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So he's in, yeah, he was in that deal for, uh, for, uh, for Winslow. So I think it's, it's going to, it's, it's really going to be interesting to find out. Uh, exactly how all of that is really going to take place. I think that is just and I mean, don't it's sleep super on, dope. And don't sleep on Bam, to your point, bro, like from like quarters one through three, he's essentially Miami's like ball handler. He's like their, their playmaker and their facilitator, man. He's like their point four, bro. So I agree with the whole Kenneth Fareed and Ben Wallace comparisons, but he's like their their playmaker as well for the first three quarters, man. So they got a great team. And don't we didn't mention Jimmy Butler, bro. He's like the ultimate alpha male you might not like his game three offensive exactly man but every team he goes to they exponentially play better and in, in, are at least a playoff team though yeah exp- exponentially bro but anyway uh <laughs> jimmy butler i think he's one good player away from like miami really doing damage i can see them get to the conference finals but not making the finals man but i'm still toronto and clippers right now though bro for my finals pick man toronto la let's get it speak Speaking of Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. he's actually one more report away from being in trouble. I guess security was reportedly uh, sent to his hotel room saying that he was working out too loudly. That's just a Jimmy Butler reference, bro. It's just information since you threw the name Jimmy Butler <laughs> right. out there. Uh, one last thing while I still got you on here, man, talking about the NBA here on Tate's Take Where Basketball Lives. Um. Josh Hart came out and had some pretty mm-hmm. choice words about this team uh, being the New Orleans Pelicans, saying that if the Pelicans said that the Pelicans would have been a four or a five seed with a healthy Zion Williamson all year long. I want to get your opinion on that. I mean, a, a lot of people be trying to discount Zion. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not one of them dudes. I mean, dude mm-hmm. is an animal. Dude is a monster. In the night, 18, 19 games, whatever it was that he played, it was rough for a lot of defenders and multiple of them when they were trying to stop him two on one, three on one in a lot of cases, and it just didn't look good or turn out well for them. Do you agree, disagree, or somewhere in between with Josh Hart's comments? I'm somewhere in between. I definitely feel they will be fully uh, secure in the playoffs right now. They will probably be like a six or a seven seed. I'm not sure as high as four or five because who are you going to replace? Are you going to re- uh, replace the Clippers? You're going to replace the Lakers? You're going to replace Houston. You know what I'm saying? Teams of that ilk. I'm not sure if they're on that level yet, but I definitely feel like they will be fully entrenched in the whole playoff scene, man. Zion is a beast, bro. Their whole starting five is awesome, bro. If you think about, you know, Lonzo Ball, former number two pick. Uh, as you already mentioned, uh, Brandon Ingram was another number two pick. Zion Williamson, number one pick. Uh, Derek Favors was a lottery pick a couple years ago. You still got your boy that everybody gets up on, but every time I see him play, he's productive. What's my man from Chicago with the Duke? Uh, Jalil Okafor. Jalil Okafor. Yeah, man. Like every time, I mean, the, the, the knock on him is, oh, he doesn't play defense. Nobody plays defense in the NBA anymore, bro. So, like, get that man some time. Every Drew Holiday. Don't forget about Drew. I was saving the best for last. I mean, he he's probably one of the best defensive, like, point guards. He will lock you up 
quickly. Most in, wait, wait, wait. Most improved. Uh, no, I would say he's up for like defensive player of the year, maybe defense defensive player of the year for like like guards. Okay, like all all defensive team first, second, and third team for guards. Okay, like you I, look I at his numbers though, he could maybe be up. Uh, I don't know between him and Brandon Ingram, one of those two from mm-hmm. the Pelicans, I can only imagine got to be on that roster. And then you're looking at it too. I feel like. The Pelicans have nothing but just a ton of former players from Duke and UCLA between J.J. Reddick, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday. Oh, God. Um, Who am I missing? That's it. I feel like it's another one or two. Oh, little Okafor. Okafor. Little Okafor. Yeah. It's just crazy just to imagine and just think that, dude. That, that that's that's wild in itself. Talking about yeah. heavy basketball tradition. If you mm-hmm. ain't got nothing else to add, what you got, Mike? I'm good, man. I mean, as as always, man. Glad to be on the show, bro. Glad you were here. Glad you're back, bro. Um, at the place where basketball lives. You know what I'm saying? Twenty four seven, bro. Great topics, man. It's always a blast, bro. So I'm just really looking forward to the NBA season, man. But you asked me all these questions. Like right now, who would be your two questions? What's your final prediction right now? You don't get you don't have to give me a winner. Just like the two teams you have going to the uh, finals. And then number two, who's your MVP? As much as I want to say Lakers and Bucks, I want to throw some because that's 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 an easy one. You know what I'm saying? That's one that everybody's gonna say. If that's what you feel, then pick it then. I don't hardly ever work out that way, bro. I mean, this could probably be the year that something like that will happen. And why it is very likely that that will happen, I don't want to go with that just for the sake of. So I'm okay. gonna go with I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the old school rivalry. I think I think I'm gonna go Lake. I think I'm gonna go Lakers in Boston. I think I'm gonna wow. go Lakers in Boston on that one. Yeah. I love I that. In, in, in commemoration and and um uh for for Kobe Bryant, bro. I think the Lakers are gonna go ahead and pull it out. Um, as far as MVP, I think that this is definitely a, a Giannis year. I think he's, I think he's a back to back. I think that it's, I think it's fair. I think mm-hmm. it's solid. I don't think it's clear cut favorite over LeBron, but I think that it is right there. Um, you know, a, a smidgen as as of right now, from what we've seen from the beginning of the season all the way up until this point, I think it's him. I'm torn, D Tate, because. Everybody said, oh, LeBron, he goes to the West. He won't do anything. The Lakers won't do anything. And now these boys sitting on top of the standings. And even last year, before he got hurt, on the Christmas game against Golden State, they were like a three or four seed. You know what I'm saying? So ever since LeBron came mm-hmm. to the West and the Lakers, they've been killing it, bro. He's leading the league in assists. And it's his first time in his 17 career to average 20 and 10, the double-double. You know what I'm saying? So LeBron is doing his thing. Giannis is doing his thing, too. I think that Le- I think LeBron is the MVP, but they'll give it to Giannis though, partially because that's the media way of telling LeBron you're good, but you're not as good as Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan has five MVPs, so as soon as LeBron gets five, if he wins another MVP, that'll be his fifth MVP, and then that you know say probably suggest to other people that LeBron and Mike are on the same level. So until you see LeBron get at least another uh, uh, championship, you won't see any more MVPs from LeBron, in my opinion. And that's it. That's all I got, man. Facts, man. <laughs> Interesting facts, man. The homie Iron Mike Dice, bro. Per usual, you know I love you, bro. Appreciate you for coming Sorry. on and Always. and um and showing and, and showing some love, dude, and just blessing us with your expertise, blessing us hmm. with your knowledge. I hope everybody got the pen and the paper out, man. Taking some notes and everything, uh, providing us with everything that we need to know for the upcoming uh nba season that we're gonna see that'll be tipping off tomorrow and then officially next thursday appreciate you dice yes, sir. um man that was a very uh like i like to call it and think that it still is always and forever informational educational we didn't get a chance to get to everything that we would have liked to uh on the college basketball scene however um, we do have a good buddy of mine in the works coming up from ESPN. Eric Woodyard's going to be joining us later on this week. Uh, still working on the exact day and time of that. But if you need more information to find out exactly when, let me tell you what to do. Be sure to follow along on social media at Tate's Take Hoops on Instagram, uh, as well as on, uh, on Twitter, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Hashtag, you know that that's where basketball lives. That's where you can keep up with all the 
uh, newest content of things that are going to be uh, happening and that we'll be talking about on the show. Uh, in case you missed some shows, the links will be posted there as well. Be sure to subscribe, 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 subscribe. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell your mama, tell your grandmama, tell your auntie, tell whomever is necessary to subscribe, your uncle, baby, daddy, cousin, whoever, whoever, uncle, that didn't make a lot of sense. That sounded weird. You cut. What do they say on Fridays? I'm seeing Friday on my TV screen right now. Um, sister-in-law, baby, daddy, cousin, Tracy, tell your sister-in-law, baby, daddy, cousin, Tracy to subscribe to Tate's Take, the podcast, anywhere you find your favorite podcast, um, uh, that being Spotify, that being iTunes, that being Google podcast, that being Red Circle, uh, also be sure to subscribe on YouTube as well. Just hover over that little magnifying glass that you can locate in the search box. Uh, and I know you guys know how to do that. I've seen y'all do stuff typing up real fast on your phones. Find that on YouTube. Type in Tate's Take and be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Um, looking forward to the next one of these that we do. For everybody that showed some love, that's going to show some love in the future. Sharing this podcast has been praying for me. Mom Teresa that checked in with us talking about the McDonald's fries. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Where you find the most educational and more and most informational basketball content in the form of a podcast, Tate's Take, where basketball lives.